Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hi, I'm Tamara Feldman, and I played Poppy Lifton on Gossip Girl. We are re-watching Remains of the Jay. Welcome back, listeners, to your one and only source into all things Gossip Girl. You know you'll love it. XOXO. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of XOXO with me, Jessica Zor. Today, we're diving right into the rewatch for season two, episode 20, The Remains of Jay. I just, I really can't believe that we're this far into season two and like how much stuff is going on and happening. But I do, I have to say, I really enjoyed this episode. There's a lot of messy storylines, a lot of things going on, especially involving Vanessa. Nate dumps her. And what does she do? Oh, she just decides to rebound with Chuck Bass, of course. And then we have S, who has her moments, too, selfishly throwing a crazy party for Jay and trying to impress the iconic Poppy Lifton, who will be joining me today for the rewatch. I'm so excited to chat with the lovely, beautiful, and talented Tamara Feldman. I mean, her character has so many surprises that pop up all over. I can't wait to get into all of that with her. We'll talk about her insane casting story to Poppy and Serena's so-called friendship. And I don't want to keep you waiting. The remains of Jay, everybody. Tamara. Hi. <laughs> Hi, Jess. Oh, my God. <laughs> 
What is up, girl? I'm so happy to talk to you. I know. I also like when I got the voice note that you're like, yeah, I'm just going to be in Costa Rica scuba diving. I'm like, oh, yeah, no big deal. Just like, a you know, on a normal Tuesday, that's just where I'll be and what I'm doing. And I'm like, that's so rad and amazing. (laughs) Like, how was it? It was amazing. I actually, we got this private kind of tour situation because of this company that my friend works at and he lives down there and we got to go to the top of a 150 foot tall tree on ropes and pulleys with these tree scientists and I was over the canopy of the rainforest I was terrified I couldn't breathe (laughs) okay that is like the most epic beautiful amazing thing I've heard in the last in I don't know six months oh it was amazing and they hung a canopy or they hung a like a hammock up there because they knew I was going to freak out. So we were in the top of the branches and then I was so scared. And so they were like, just lay in the hammock for a second. So I was like laying in a hammock in the top of the rainforest. The like, rainforest. I mean, OK, that's like actually a dream come true for, for life. Yeah, it's a bucket list thing. <laughs> and then I also met an indigenous grandma down there who took me and let me touch these sacred stones. They're super ancient. No one knows how they were made. They're huge spheres. They're perfectly round. And I got to meditate with her and she was singing and chanting. And I there was so much energy. And I feel like she's my grandma now. So it was really special. And that was just like a random meeting? Well, um, the company that my friend works for invests in um, some local projects. And this was an archaeological site. And so she met us there to because it's her tribe's lineage. And she's the medicine woman of the tribe. So she wow. wanted to let us know what was going on. And they want they haven't done this one ceremony for, I think, 100 years or more because they haven't been able to build this ancient hut thing that they used to have. And so they were trying to raise money to get it. And so we went and looked at it. And so she let us experience everything with the tribe so that, you know, maybe they could help her. And I think they are helping her. So they're going to build this hut in like September. And then they get to have this ceremony for the whole tribe that they haven't been able to do in over a hundred years. So it was really beautiful. Oh my God. It's, that's an amazing. I feel like we need to have like another episode just about your life and, <laughs> and that the meditating and hanging over the rainforest. That's amazing. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I definitely get blessed with some really amazing experiences that I'll hold on to forever. So, well, I'm not surprised by that because I remember meeting you in New York and you just always like big smile, really like care when you're talking to people. And I think maybe in LA, you can really kind of feel when someone's just kind of surfacely asking you how you're doing or what's been up. So when you really do meet the people that are like looking at you and genuinely care, it hits you in a different way. So when you say you're blessed with meeting cool people and cool experiences, I'm not shocked by that because of the energy and vibe that you give out. Thank you. And that you also brought to the show. By the way, you couldn't be more different. Let me introduce her. Tamara Feldman, everyone that played Poppy Lifton, (laughs) but you couldn't be more opposite of her. Right. It's like the, you know, you're like meditating and she's like trying to steal people's money at some point. So (laughs) yeah, exactly. Exactly. But thank you so much for saying that. That's so sweet. Um, How was your, how did you find out about the show? How was your audition? Tell us your like experience with coming on and, and all that. Okay. Well, starting at the audition process, I had auditioned for the OC. And I believe Stephanie Savage was also doing that. 
Yep. And so, and I, when I auditioned for the OC, I did something crazy. Like I crawled across the table or like, I think I rode a chair, like a horse. Like I did some wild something. And so then they, they called me, <laughs> they were like, you know, I didn't get the OC thing, but she was like, we got to call her in for this other thing. You stood out. You made, you definitely made a memory. Yeah. I was so wild <laughs> back that. then. It was so fun. Um, and so they called and this is also a, another weird story. You're going to think I'm crazy. Everyone's going to think I'm crazy, but I'm not. I had I talked it. to this psychic lady and she was like, you need to go to New York. And I was like, I have no reason to go there. I don't know anyone there. And she's like, just buy your ticket in the next two weeks and just figure it out. She's like, just go. So I was like, okay, fine. And at that time. And I you was, did? I did. And I called. You go, girl. I was talking to some friends and my and I was like, the psychic said that. I got to do it. I don't know what I'm doing. And they were like, my sister lives there. She'll let you stay at her house. And so I was like, okay. So I did it. And then I got the call um, for Gossip Girl, but they were like, you know, they really like you and they remember you from the OC audition. But the thing is, is you got to be in New York and it's in like a day and it's just not going to happen. But we wanted you to know. And I was like, no, I'm in New York. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. Oh my God. And so I got called in and I got, I was there for, supposed to be there for a week. And I stayed for like four months because I got the job and then I got a little apartment for while I was there from the show and I stayed. Amazing. It was amazing. Wow. And that was just like everything just working out and meant to be and happening and wow amazing yeah. and had you known anyone on the show before no I didn't know anybody and I met everybody mm -hmm. when I was there and then everyone was super nice and we all started hanging out and then during that time I have two more funny stories about that time first yeah, of all they both involve Aaron <laughs> because <laughs> he was on Breaking Bad and yeah. there was a role Jesse of his Pinkman yeah <laughs> and so there was a role for his girlfriend and I was in New York doing Gossip Girl and he's like, fly here for the weekend and we got to get you this role. And I was like, okay. So I flew to Albuquerque. He literally picked me up and threw me on the lap of one of the producers of Breaking Bad and was like, you have to hire her. You know, you got to <laughs> give her this job. Da, 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 da. And, but I was working on Gossip Girl anyway. And, and then Kristen Ritter got it, which she was amazing. So I was... I was just going to say, was it that role? Um, yeah. Because I could see, I could have seen you too, but yeah, she's, she's great. She's, yeah. She was really great, but yeah. I was super bummed, but I, I mean, I was happy where I was. It was just like, we were trying so hard and it was really funny. And then we did, um, I thought I was done with Gossip Girl after a few episodes and then they had me come back and do more than I originally thought. And so me and Aaron went to Hawaii and I let him cut my hair off for the episode, <laughs> the episode that you I was going to ask if that was for another role or what happened because you are like full blown pony. It's like teased up a couple, you know, in the earlier season and, the, yeah. and then all of a sudden you come back and it's like short and chic and it looked so dope. Oh my God. He, Aaron cut my hair. And then oh God. They called, they called and they were like, you're coming back. And I was like, oh, no. And I got there and they were like, what did you do? Oh, is that why Blake or Serena, the first thing when she runs in, she's like, oh, I love your hair. Did they yeah. write that in because they had to have yes, they were something like, to go off of? Yeah. yeah. And then afterwards, I think they made me get extensions. But like there for a second, I had the really short hair. And so oh they God. had to write it in. So she was like, whoa, your hair, your tan. Because I came back from home. I love oh, that so story. Oh my God. <laughs> that's crazy and awesome. So anyways, that's how you get Poppy. But also like your career's been amazing. Like Dirty Sexy Money. Hold up, girl. I was like very, very into that show. 
Yes, I love Dirty Sexy Buddy. Oh, so did I. Dirty Sexy Buddy was so fun. It was so good. I loved it. Donald Sutherland was on there. I got to hang out with yes. him. Peter Krause was on there. I don't know, just a lot of people. My my boyfriend, the guy who played my boyfriend, Seth, was amazing. He was so funny. I love that. Yeah, it was a time. I liked it. Yeah, I think at that time, it was the highest. It was the most expensive show on Paramount. Wow. On the lot, I think, because it was so, you know, the people were supposed to be so rich in the sets and the clothes and like all of that stuff. So that was really, really cool. And Billy Baldwin was on there. I saw uh, that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I remember that. And when I looked this up again, I'm like, wait, I like, I have to almost go back and watch it again. <laughs> yeah. It was so good. And I was like trapped in a car one time during a oh scene and I started my period and he went and got me tampons and I will love him forever. That is so sweet. It was the sweetest <laughs> thing ever. And he was like really like secretive about it. He's like, hey, I got what you need. I'm like, okay, thanks. <laughs> oh my God. Because that could be like a nightmare situation, but that seems yeah. like it was handled with like, that's nice. That's very nice. Oh yeah, with God. a lot of grace. I mean, he left yeah. the lot. Like you're never supposed to leave the lot. It was very <laughs> No, you're sweet. not. Very cool. <laughs> I get so worried that anything could happen. I'm like, are you actually worried about like my safety or that the show can't shoot? <laughs> Yeah, I think it's the <laughs> no, show. No, I'm just joking. I'm <laughs> joking. Um, oh my gosh. Okay, so let's get into this episode because I'm like yes. very excited about Poppy. By the way, like the like watching this episode, the more I say Poppy, I'm like that name is like growing on me in the sense of like, I really like it. Not that I didn't, but I'm like, wow, that's like a cute, unique name that, and I've never met anyone named Poppy, but it's like- Poppy lifted. Yeah, my friend just named his- daughter poppy wow. and it was the, because was like, of your character no that <laughs> couldn't be <laughs> but it was really cool that was the first time i had heard it also but yeah. i do like it it's fun and it fits a socialite and it's it does. So cool that i got to play a socialite again and it was you know and dirty sexy money was also a socialite because i'm the farthest from that like you oh, said that's what I'm i mean like, that's what i was saying. Out on the yeah. reservation and doing adventures and kind of roughing it and so it was really fun for me to get to wear dresses and jewelry and act like this other thing and experience that other kind of life you know it's really interesting to me and super fun. And one of, in Gossip Girl, we got to do a whole day at the Russian tea room eating caviar. <laughs> and I died. I was like, this is the best thing ever. I have made it. I've arrived. <laughs> you have arrived. How was it? I actually don't think I've ever had caviar. I've been around it. I've been offered it. And I just don't really know if it's something for me. Is it? Is it good? It's so good. I love okay. it so much, which does not fit my persona. Right. It doesn't. It doesn't really fit mine either. But I just feel like there's such a hype around it. And it's like this like flashy, amazing thing. And I just even when I've been around it, I'm like, yeah, I'm good. Yeah. No, I, I mean, <laughs> at the beginning of the day, I was super excited. And, you know, when you once you eat it, you have to keep eating it for all oh my the cakes. And so and by the end of the day, I was so over caviar. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I've had enough. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so. We are going to break down season two, episode 20, Remains of the Jay, which is based on the 1993 movie, The Remains of the Day. So here's where we left off. Nate, Vanessa, and Dan met the Vanderbilt family, who convinced Nate to start a career in politics. Serena and Chuck crashed the Vanderbilt family reunion to try to save Blair from herself. And Rufus was told that he and Lily's secret son died in an accident. And Chuck felt the sting of betrayal when he found Nate's jacket at Blair's house after hours. Oof. So that's all going on. And 
Here is our logline for this episode. Serena decides to throw Jenny a party for her 16th birthday, but things get way out of control when the party is turned into a teenage rager. In a moment of weakness, Vanessa agrees to help Chuck with a scheme having to do with Blair and Nate. Meanwhile, Rufus learns that Dan will not receive financial aid at Yale and tries to figure out a way to cover the cost of his education. Um, Okay, the fan question that people want to know is, do you think that Poppy was a true friend to Serena or was she out for for blood the whole time? Um, I think it was a little bit of both. I think that Poppy has a little bit of humanity. You know, she's definitely trying to scam everybody for sure. But I think she did kind of like her a little bit, too. But yeah, she was definitely just really trying to get that money. She's really trying to get that money, hey? <laughs> um, okay, so the episode starts off. Serena's calling Blair to check in with her, and Blair's lying and saying that she's at home with Dorota. Um, and meanwhile, she's picking up pastries to take over to Nate's. And as they're walking, like, on the Upper East Side, Serena hears, you know, like, horns. And she's like, wait, you're at home? And then <laughs> Blair, like, her face of, like, being so... <laughs> Like nervous or scared that Serena's gonna see her once she spots Serena across the street and then hides behind the bushes that yes. are basically not even covering her. Yes. Was hilarious to me. Yeah, they're like little round balls and you can <laughs> still see her behind it. Lady like, is so funny. Her facial expressions. I gotta tell you, her and Chuck, like those interactions are so good because both their faces are so good. It's so funny. <laughs> yeah, she's hilarious. And her with Dorota is my favorite. It was really fun getting to watch this again after so many years because I was like, it's really good. It is. And I like, I also just never really watched many of the episodes. I'm enjoying it a lot. This is why the podcast has been so fun. Yeah, totally. And I didn't get to work with everybody. I just worked with a few people mostly. So I would see you guys kind of like on set and we'd hang out and everything, but I wasn't in a lot of scenes with everyone. So it's really fun to watch like what they're doing on, on the screen. Yeah. in different parts of the episode. Totally. Mm-hmm. Um, but their dynamic is really, really great. Dorota and Layton. And like, <laughs> I always knew how much Dorota was involved, but watching it, it's mm-hmm. like, she's a staple. Like the show doesn't work without her. We see a whole nother side of Blair because of her. Yeah, for sure. definitely <laughs> adds dimension and humor, and it's really good. It's so good. Um, and then, meanwhile, Vanessa gets an email. Um, who she has not talked to Nate in in a week, and she gets an email from Nate saying to meet him at his place in a half hour. And when she arrives, she looks across the street and she sees Blair leaving. And Chuck pulls up in his limo and tells her that he sent the email. He says. Nate's password has been soccer since the eighth grade, which I (laughs) was dying. Um, But I mean, I feel like I'm feeling bad for Vanessa at this point because she shows up there. She looks across the street and that's like, it was very hurtful when you're, if you haven't heard from someone and then you see them with someone else, especially for Vanessa Blair, because they just are not, you know, they don't see eye to eye on many things in life. And yeah, and I think Vanessa was really, she really is liking Nate, you know, right now. Um, yeah, and I love how you played that too. Like, you're really touching. Aw, it's nice. <laughs> like, you can see the emotion in your eyes, and you have such beautiful eyes anyway. But yeah, it was just like, it was really hurtful in that moment, and I really liked that. Yeah, aw, thanks, girl. I just, yeah, I felt bad for her. And then I'm like, wait, 
was Vanessa and Nate's like relationship or dating that short lived because it felt longer to me, but maybe that's just because those days are so long on set. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then we go to, which this is where you start to come in, which I love. Serena is planning a party and she runs into her socialite friend, Poppy Lifton, who she invites to the Sweet 16 party. And she and Lily want to do this for Jenny. I really think Serena's trying to do this from a good place. Like she wants Jenny to have a great birthday, a sweet 16, and she wants to do whatever she can to help, you know, make it great for her. Mm-hmm. And this time when she's talking to her, Jenny's basically like, listen, I just want to be with my really close friends and family. And I really kind of felt for Jenny in that moment too. I love that she wanted to do that, but I hope it was really because that's what she wanted to do, not because she was worried about something or being embarrassed. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it did seem like she was maybe scared that no one would show up or something like that, or she wasn't cool. And so it started off where I thought that Blake was doing it really for her because she did think that she was just being shy and scared. Um, But then it turned into more of an ego thing. It did. And then it turned into a rager. And if I was Lily, I'd have been livid. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But you came in and that was like, it was like chic, that fur vest or fur vest that you had on your whole look was just like on point. I liked it. Yeah. I loved it. How were the fittings and everything with that for you? The fittings were so fun because like I said, it was all stuff that I had never experienced before. I don't shop in those places. I didn't have that kind of money, you know, like I wasn't that stylish. And so it was very, very exciting to get to try on all the stuff and like choose things that were so far out of my character. And I just, I really loved it. Like all the heels and all the crazy designers, you know, it was just, it was really cool. Especially the Missoni store. And I was just like in awe of everything. Oh my gosh. Yes. In this episode, I remember that, but I don't, my my character, I don't think ever filmed there. Oh no, no, no. No, no. Vanessa would not be there. (laughs) She'll just be on the Upper East Side with Nate Archibald or spying on him. (laughs) And then slowly hooking up with Chuck. I mean, but whatever, Vanessa. Oh, I love Um, it. (laughs) I'm like, what are you doing? I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. 
It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. This whole situation with Dan getting denied the financial aid at Yale was like pulling at my heart as well, because I'm like, Rufus is always trying to like do everything and anything for his kids to have the best life and the best situation. And when I see him like getting that letter, I'm like, oh my God, what's Rufus going to do? Like, and then again, he's such a gangster when Lily offers for him to, you know, or suggests to move into their penthouse. I'm like, oh my gosh, he's literally considering doing that. Like that is like next level amazingness for your child. But like, what do you think? Aren't you like, what the heck? Oh my God. Blending all the kids together would be a nightmare. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) And also their vibes are so different. Also, he's so handsome. Can we just talk about how handsome he is? Uh, Rufus? Yeah. (laughs) Yes, he is. (laughs) He's good. I mean, going back and watching, I'm like, Rufus was hot. Bart Bass is great. The captains. I mean, like they were, who was, everyone was good looking. (laughs) I know everyone is so beautiful. It's so funny. But, and I mean, at the time, I feel like because they were the parents and we were playing high school students, I guess you just didn't look at them in that lens or that light. But yeah. No, I didn't see that at all being there. But then, well now, because now we're older. Yeah. And they're still at that young age. So. Yeah, but and you know his little flannels and going into the fancy art and the fancy fancy. I was like, no way is that gonna work, you know? Because he's he's kind of the cool down to earth, and I love that he tried, and it does make for a really great relationship, and it's very loving. But I'm kind, I was kind of glad it didn't work out. I mean, me too. And I also feel like even when the kids kind of found out, like when Dan picks up the phone from the realtor and finds out, he doesn't know the reasoning behind it. So as a kid. You're thinking, oh, my dad's going to sell a lot. Like in Dan's mind, I feel like he's thinking like, oh, they're like so many steps ahead of like wanting to be together, Lily and Rufus, not thinking about all the other moving parts. You know what I'm saying? Like Dan doesn't know that this is literally the most selfless thing. And it's not about that. Like that's Mm -hmm. the reason why Rufus doesn't end up doing it. Right, exactly. And he doesn't know that he didn't get his money for school. So that was kind of crushing too, because I was like, oh no, you know, he's not going to do it. So. That's like very heartbreaking for someone like I'm watching this and I'm like, 
Dan works really hard. He's a really smart kid. He really loves what he does. He's super passionate about it. And, you know, Rufus supports it so much. And then to like get right to something you've worked so hard for and then be told like you can't, like it's another hurdle. You're like, I got into Yale. Now I can't go. Like what? It's not like a normal school either. It's Yale. It's like, (laughs) that's life changing. Your whole life is going to be different from Yale versus something else. And so that made it even higher stakes because it's like, you know, not only am I not going to go to like college, but it's Yale. Right. Absolutely. Okay. So then after Nate is walking in Central Park with Blair, which I wish I would have had more scenes in Central Park because that's one of my favorite places, winter, summer, spring, or fall to go in New York City. Mm-hmm. It's nice to just like go up to Central Park and chill because it just feels like you're just not in this cement jungle, for me at least. Did yeah. you ever feel that way? 100%. I went there and would go ice skating by myself during the winter. And it was winter when we were shooting. Um part of my stuff. And so, yeah, I would go ice skate by myself and I would hang out there a lot and just walk through. And one of my favorite galleries is called the Noya Gallery. And it has Egon Chile sketches and like Gustav Klimt paintings. And it's right on the edge of the park. So I would walk up the park and go and visit my friends who are these, the paintings. (laughs) And I would call them my friends. And then I would go back into the park and like walk through again. So it was a really special place for me. It's beautiful. I would give anything to shoot in New York again. I love it. It's my favorite place. It's so fun. I love the energy. And and looking somewhere gives you such a different vibe than just hanging out. Like it feels really like you're part of it. It's so great. Absolutely. I actually have a funny story about Central Park. My sister, Sadie, was visiting, not when we were filming. This was like probably a year or two ago. And we decided to take like a ride through um, Central Park. And it was like kind of like a tour thing, but it was just her and I. And then he gets to one place and he's like, have you ever seen the show Gossip Girl? And he starts saying like, right here is where the Archibald family was. And here's where the Waldorf. And we were like, just looked at each other and laughed. But we thought it was so funny because we had no idea. They were telling us about like the history of this building and that. And then he would drop something about sex in the city or Gossip Girl. And we were like looking at each other, giggling. (laughs) That's so great. I love that. I love that you got to hear that. I know. It was like so random. And we obviously didn't say anything, but. You did. It was a trip. You're not like that was me. <laughs> <laughs> but he was so sweet. Um, okay, so let's get into where the party starts. Yes. Blair tells Serena about her feelings for Nate, and Serena approves all this. And again, like this is what's so funny about their relationship. Like Blair used to date Nate. Serena took Nate's virginity. <laughs> now Blair's back with Nate, and Serena approves of it. It's actually quite funny because your character says this to Serena at some point when she's like, yeah, Dan and I were off again, on again, off again, on again. Blair and I are, you know, talking or however she says it. And you say, oh, you're frenemy, which was a really great way to describe them because I feel like they support each other and have each other's back on such a level in one moment. And then the next moment they're like doing shit that you, you know, like you wouldn't do to your best friend. So catty, so competitive. Very. Oh my goodness. I love that I said that. And I also in that moment, I think I also said, oh, so everything's literally exactly the same. Like you're still going in the same circles, you know, one not doing anything different, like kind of throwing a little shade at her for going in circles. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I that's there's also something funny at the end of this episode that you say to her, and I'm like, she's 17, maybe 18, but she's still like in high school. Like this is not crazy. Yeah. Um <laughs> but um at this point, Serena is having this party going on. It's, you know, 
in the middle. There's DJs, there's poppies there, you know, all the minions are there. Blair and Nate are there and Dan and Jenny walk in with chili and board games and she's like shocked. And I think that's when I saw like, oh, she really didn't want this. Yeah, that was the first time I believed it too because before I did think she was just scared. Like when she picked up a nice dress and that was in the Masoni store, it did seem like, oh, she did like that dress. She just wants to be that person but felt shy. So it felt like she really didn't want it. But you're right, when she came in, it was like, oh, she really did it. Totally. <laughs> I mean, and it's like a full on thing. Like when Jonathan says, nothing says Jenny Humphrey, like a customized cocktail napkin. <laughs> I mean, that's like, <laughs> this is no like, hey, just come over for a couple of drinks. This is like a full on rager. Yeah. And Penelope like cancels her whole party because of, because of Poppy. She's like, Poppy was going to be there. I'm, mine's yeah. done. I don't understand how old Poppy's supposed to be either. Yeah, what do you think? What do you think? <laughs> I don't know because I'm like, you should be jetting off above going to, you know, Spain and Thailand or whatever and being on yachts. And I'm like, but she is in high school. So why? I don't know. I guess I'm in my early 20s and I'm just very mature. Yeah. But I'm also like, you are very mature and you are like getting on private jets and going all over the world. But like, why? Why are you at a six, sweet 16 birthday party? Right. Well, it's for Serena, but why am I so interested in Serena who's still in high school? That's what I mean. Yeah. Like what, what's going on here? But I I guess it's, I guess that's all going to be revealed because it's probably all part of your plan, I guess. It is. It's my plan. It's my grifting plan. So maybe I didn't really like her ever. Maybe I was just out for blood the whole time because why am I friends with a high school girl? (laughs) (laughs) Especially just because it's not like you're someone who can't get friends. It's a grifter plan. I'm going back on what I said earlier. We've hashed it out. I mean, that's what's so funny about this show because they get you thinking one way and get all get me all fired up. And then I'm like, wait, that wasn't even what was going on. Exactly. (laughs) It's so funny. It's hilarious. Um, Okay, so then Vanessa and Chuck arrive at the party and they they see Nate and Blair across the room together. Mm -hmm. Um, And Vanessa panics. And I mean, that to me, when you see an ex, even if it was an okay breakup, which I always feel like it takes a moment. So when Vanessa sees that, I, I mean, and here she is, is in a in a world that like, even though I don't think Vanessa gives a shit what these people think so much, she's still in a place where like, this isn't her vibe. Like mm-hmm. even dating Nate, I felt like was a stretch for her. But then I felt like she really got to know and see like this soft side of Nate and really, really liked him. Mm-hmm. But you're not wanting to see your man with someone else when you just broke up, you know, yesterday. I mean, that's a lot. Yeah, no way. And especially Blair, because they, she just, they don't see, they don't get along. And Vanessa, I think, sees right through Blair and her schemes and, and her manipulations and all that. So I feel like that's also like even more of like a dig, like, ugh, and it's Blair. Well, and he was lying. And he was lying. That's the main thing. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You and she says out. that. She's like, mm-hmm. I could see if he just wants to break up, but for him saying, you know, lying and saying there was no one else. Yeah. Right. So can we talk about the kiss? Yeah. So, so she grabs Chuck <laughs> and just kisses him, which I find this is like interesting to me. Ed and I dated in real life and it had like maybe just come out publicly that we dated. So I re- we thought maybe like are they writing this in because it's in the press and I, because it just was so wild to me 
that Chuck and <laughs> Vanessa were kissing or hooking up or any of the things. Yeah. But it was, it just seemed so out of nowhere for, for these two. Don't you were think? You at that time? Yeah. Because- we had been dating for a little bit. Because I remember w- kissing scenes are, you know, they're intimate in this, but there's a certain way I kiss people on set, um, especially like when you're in a relationship offset, there's just like, there's boundaries and there's certain things. And I remember mm-hmm. <laughs> we kind of were like, oh, we don't have to like have any of that because we're actually dating. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why I wanted to bring it up was because watching it last night and I didn't remember that you were dating at the time. And I was like, whoa, that was a real kiss. I want to talk about <laughs> this chemistry because that was not a TV or movie kiss. Right. Okay. Yeah. You can tell. Yeah, we we were definitely going for it. Because <laughs> I wanted to be like, what was, like, tell me about the the fireflies or the chemistry. Like, what happened? Because there was some definite fire there. Yeah, the fireworks, as Blair says, the entire episode. She's like, do we have fireworks or not? Yeah, totally. Um, and you did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and also the whole funny thing when Blair walks up to Vanessa and Nate and Blair have their own little conversation going, but Vanessa's right there. And she's like, would you guys like to do this somewhere else? And Blair like turns and looks at her and she's like, why are you still standing here? And like walks away. That's what was so fun about working with Leighton, the tension between them. And we would literally be sitting on the couch, getting touch up, laughing about anything. We laughed so much. And then it was so fun to like turn the switch and not like each other for the camera. <laughs> yeah. So fun. Yeah. It's fun to play caddy for sure. I love that. Um, how was filming in that, the penthouse and doing that party scene? Cause those are long days and lots of extras and lots of like when they do the playback with the music and then everyone has to go silent. It's just like, and you can hear like the floor creaking and you see people like mouthing in the background. <laughs> There's just so much going on with that many people. Yeah. And you have to act like you're talking louder because with the music, the music. Be under it, but it's not there. And I get <laughs> so shy to be the only one in the room talking Screaming. and then also to be yelling and be like, Hey, you know, and then it really freaks me out when people are all looking at you and mouthing, but not saying anything. <laughs> <laughs> so those scenes are a nightmare for me and they're really long. And it's like, I don't know. I get a lot of energy from being on set. It's, it's my, my favorite place. So I don't complain that much. Like I really don't even care if I'm there for 20 hours. I'm just like, yep, I'm working and I'm in my happy place. And this is where I exactly where I want to be. But it is very funny to have a hundred people staring at you, like moving their mouth. Yeah. And, not and dan- what about the fake dancing? And if there's no <laughs> beat. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. But how awkward is it to have to do the fake dancing too? It's a hundred percent. Oh my gosh. It's so true. And I get energy from, from people. And so, you know, and I have, I, one time I worked a 24 hour day and we were in like double time. It was so crazy. It was one of those, it was on a commercial and it was one of those when the set whole set moves and transforms and they did everything practically. It wasn't effects and it was really cool, but it was super, super, super long. And I still, I was fine. Like I was still running around. If there's a camera on me or if there's people and I'm expected to do something, I can absolutely do it. And then I'll leave and just collapse and be like, whoa, I'm really tired. But while I'm there, I don't really fade because I don't know what it is. I'm just like, woo, like an Energizer bunny, you know, <laughs> running great. around. And I, I like try to stay really up. And then, yeah, as soon as I get out of there, then I collapse and I'm dead. Oh my God. That's great. That's, I love that. Also, you get a second wind at some point. Like I know sometimes it'll be after lunch. I'm like, oh, we got another 
nine hours. And then all of a sudden, like when I have like three hours left, I'm like, whoo. But that's only if I stay on set. If I go back to my trailer and lay down, I'm done. Oh, see, I definitely go catch a nap here and there. But yeah, I I love a little like moment in my trailer. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I always go back and eat lunch in there and kind of lay down. It always makes me tired. I'm like, I cannot. I have to stay out and be out running around. Yeah. Keep it moving. moving. Um, (laughs) Speaking of, Poppy then is like going to Spain and wants Serena to go with her. Here's what I was talking about earlier. She says something like, oh my gosh, well, when are you going? And you're like, tomorrow, which I love. Spur of the moment, adventurous, like, let's do this. Me, Jessica, I'm down for that. Someone's like, let's go here. I'm like, let's do it. Life's short. So I love that like Poppy's all about that. But when Serena says, oh, I might be grounded. And you're like, this girl still lives with her parents, still in high school. Like, yeah, she might be grounded and not be able to get on a private plane and go to Spain with someone who's not in high school anymore. (laughs) (laughs) And a guy that she's never met. Like, that's not crazy. (laughs) (laughs) And And Poppy looks at her like she like has nine eyes. Like, (laughs) yeah, totally. I just like roll my eyes at her. I'm like, oh, please. It's like kid stuff. But she is a kid. (laughs) Yeah. Why do you think Serena was so quick to go with you? Well, because... I mean, why did she have that party? Because she wanted to show up everyone. She wants to be the cool girl. And when you're in high school, you always think that you're more mature than you are and that it's so cool to hang out with older people. And how, you know, Poppy's like the cool socialite chick. So of course she's going to want to be seen with her and go run off. Like it's total ego, like social points. Totally. I mean, I want to get on a private plane and go to Spain now. I've never been to Spain. I want to go to Barcelona so badly, which... Me too. Yeah, I've never been... Well, I, I've been to Spain, but I've never been to Barcelona and I would love to. So let's go. We'll plan let's go. We'll go on a trip to Spain. <laughs> I love it. I'm so down and I'm not joking. Dude, I'm not joking either. <laughs> let's, it's on. All right. Amazing. Um, does Serena get permission from Lily to go or does she just go? No, she just goes and then she texts and says, hey, sorry, I'm in Spain. Be back. You know, and Lily's like, what are you talking about? So she just runs off. So I think she gets in a lot of trouble. I mean, can you imagine texting your parents and just being in another country? <laughs> uh, in high school? No. No, exactly. <laughs> oh, my God, Serena. But they're in that world, aren't they? I mean, it's bad. It is. But it's it's a different. Like, it's a, just a different way of living. They're used to private jets and stuff. It's not like she was like, bought a ticket and took the bus across and, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I know. I guess she didn't want to be told no. So she was going. Well, is that a whole? I mean, did she go home and get her passport? No. (laughs) She just took off. She just hopped Uh, on the plane. But, you know, again, they're they're above all that. They probably just didn't need passports. They just just don't need a passport. Um, Yeah. So she decides to go with you and then you go and we meet Gabriel, your boyfriend, which is played by Army Hammer, which I, I also forgot. And he sees, Gabriel sees Serena and he calls her Savannah because Georgina and Serena used to have fake names when they, when they go out. So again, here's another jaw-dropping moment on the show where you're like, holy shit, Gabriel knows Savannah, which means he's hung out with Serena before. But if he met Savannah, it was at a time when Serena was definitely doing things she shouldn't have been doing. Yeah, so he was like one of the dudes in the club or whatever it was that she was doing. Right. Also, um, does he talk like that in real life, Army Hammer? Well, it's interesting because he hadn't, 
done anything before. And I was like, oh, after the episode, the credits, I was like, I got billing above RV Hammer. I'm so special. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he went on like, he what was cute. the movie? The Social Network. And he played twins, right? Yeah, the Winklevoss twins. Yes. Yeah. And Call Me By Your Name. I mean, that was so beautiful. Yeah. He just went on and he, you know, he shot up there. So that was, but that was, I think, one of his first things. Yeah. I just forgot that he was even on the show, which is so funny. <laughs> like, Jessica, did you do the show or what? <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, there's so many characters that none of us, a lot of us didn't overlap very much. No. And it just, even though it doesn't feel in one way, it doesn't feel like it was so long ago. And then in another way, it's like everyone's done so many things that it also feels like it's just been so long. So when I look back too, we also, he looks so much different, you know? Yeah, totally. Well, because, yeah, it was such a long time ago. So We're long. all babies. I know. <laughs> <laughs> From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. <gasps> what? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. 
Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Okay, so the Humphrey secret is out. Rufus admits to Dan that he didn't get the financial aid for Yale, but promises to find a way to make it work. When he tells Dan that, there is something about Penn when I watch him play Dan that's just so real and organic. Like, Mm -hmm. it it was just like something very simple, but like the shocking moment, like, wait, you were selling the law for me? But he just did something so simple. But it it like, I was like, well, I really like felt it for a moment where it was like, wow, I love that my dad was going to do that. It was just like a really sweet moment for me. Yeah, he's really organic, like you said. Very. He's he's such a good actor and his facial expressions and everything. And it's very truthful. He's very, like his character seems super honest and kind of naive a little bit. And I think that's like one of his superpowers is kind of playing this really open human, you know? Yeah. And and he just always seems to try to like always be doing the right thing. Yeah. He's a good guy. Yeah. He's a good guy who ends up being Gossip Girl, which also makes him a psychopath. (laughs) (laughs) So that makes sense. (laughs) Do you know what I just realized? What? Do you watch Bridgerton? I don't, but I need to. It's on my list. Okay. It's like a period piece Gossip Girl. Oh, really? Because there's there's an anonymous letter writer and it sends out this newsletter to everyone and stirs up the whole social scene. And it's kind of like Penn doing the Gossip Girl. Oh, my God. I love that. I'm going to get into that. Yeah. I love that. I've never heard that description, though. <laughs> I, I didn't. I hadn't thought of it. But now I'm like, it's absolutely a period piece Gossip Girl. And I love that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, at this time, then, then Rufus tells Dan that he should open the letter that he got from a fan. And... Dan says it's a boy named Scott. So he calls to talk to the fan and the parents answer the phone on the other end. And like watching it on screen, we see, you know, on the other end of the phone that it is the parents that Lillian Rufus just met with in Boston that had said that their son had died, which would have been the love child of Lily and Rufus, the child that they adopted, these parents. So we now see what has been going on for the last, I don't know, five episodes that the love child is alive and somehow knows that Dan is his half-brother. And so this is just like a whole nother, you know, chapter opening up now because now there's just like another kid in the Humphrey Serena Bass family. Yeah, I love (laughs) it. I mean, there's a lot of kids going on there. Yeah. <laughs> right? It's so good. And the the way the parents were like, he knows. You're just like, oh, what's going on? Yeah. Okay. So the new couples, <laughs> this <laughs> is insane. The morning after the party, Blair and DeRota are walking to feed the ducks. And she's, first of all, when she snatches the bread from, from DeRota, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Blair, you kill me. She and does. I just think that's the cutest thing that she likes to go and feed the ducks. She'll be scheming and doing all this, but then there's like this side where she goes and feeds the ducks where it softens your your like viewer take on Blair a little bit, which kind of like lets you feel like some of the shit she pulls is okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it humanizes her a little bit and gives her another dimension, but she also makes Dorota carry the bread like, and exactly. for it. So it's like, you're still an asshole. <laughs> exactly. But that's my point. <laughs> it's so funny. It's ridiculous. Oh my God. 
And then she sees Nate standing at the pond, which like made me so happy. And it's like snowing. And by the way, I couldn't tell in the scene if it was real snow or not. I cannot remember at all. Okay. But I can't, I bet it wasn't. Yeah, I, I'm sure it wasn't. If that's just, yeah, you, you, you would have to go sit in your trailer and wait for, you know, two hours until it was done snowing to do the scene. So it was definitely fake. You just made a great point. Thanks, girl. you're like I've done this enough I know but you're right (laughs) because that's so funny like if it's actually raining you you go sit in your trailer go somewhere where you don't get wet and you wait for it to stop otherwise they don't know what's going to happen with the rain so they can't match everything so you can't shoot one way while it's raining and hope and cross your fingers that when you do the turnaround it's raining again because if it's not then you have to go back and reshoot the whole thing so I, you answered obviously the question for me. It 100% was fake snow. So I think it must have been. Yeah. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> but what are you, are you like excited to see Nate and Blair together? How, what are your feelings on this? Because when he's waiting there for her and says he wanted to kiss her, but he wanted to be the right way or here. Yeah. I was like, oh, very sweet. It's so sweet because they were in a weird random bedroom at a party and everyone was. I don't know if they're drinking. I guess not because it's high school, but maybe, right? They yeah. All- <laughs> they were also in Chuck's room, which is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But um, I was happy that he was so sweet about it and wanted to be really nice. Mm-hmm. So I guess so. I think I was happy about it. I think they're, I don't know if I like them as a couple. I mean, I think you're always just so stuck on the Chuck and Blair of it all. That's or- what I am. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that their vibe is a little bit opposite, but maybe it works opposites yeah who knows we'll see if there's fireworks or not in the next couple episodes are there fireworks <laughs> were there fireworks by the pond in the snow <laughs> oh my goodness and and then vanessa wakes up in chuck's room in her dress from the night before makeup oh. hair everything like this girl is definitely like walking of shame in one minute like walk of shame moment and yeah i was just like when this happened i feel like when this happened for fans and viewers of the show at the time, I think people came undone because (laughs) they just can't see Vanessa with Chuck. Chuck should be with Blair. They don't understand what's going on. I remember doing interviews and talk shows or whatever, and just people were like so upset about it. And I would be like, at times I'm like, oh my God, it's a TV show and this is not real life. And Chuck is not Ed and Vanessa is not Jessica and Blair is not Leighton. And Everyone just needs to take a beat for a minute. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was like so crazy. But were you so excited that you got to do that though? I, I mean, it was fun because it's fun. It was fun working with with Ed because also like his dynamic of like talking super British and just how he was as Ed to then like this like very structured all-American accent with his like Chuck Bass swagger. I mean, it was just fun. And then, yeah, I mean, we were at the time we were dating. So to like do scenes with your boyfriend at the time was super fun for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I would be so excited if that happened. I think it'd be so fun. It's just, it was, I just feel like any viewers at the time like that, they were just like not having it. (laughs) And that was, that was the first time for me with this show where I'm like, whoa, everyone just, it's a TV show. Like relax. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, we love the passion, but we love the passion. (laughs) Yeah, I think the passion is awesome. And I think that that would be so fun to have to even talk about it or be like, whoa, (laughs) like you really care. (laughs) Yeah, it's interesting. Great. Yeah, I bet it is. Um, I mean, that's that was like the whole episode, which 
I just, <laughs> the fact that the love child is coming back, there's always after I watch, I'm like, okay, what was the most shocking thing for me? And I'm like, I, I don't really know if it's that Chuck and Vanessa hooked up. And I, and I can see where some of the people would think, you know, like the fans or, or viewers or whatever would think that because I did too. I remember reading, I'm like, why would they hook up? But, you know, there was part of, you know, Vanessa needed to do it to like make Nate jealous. So there was mm-hmm. things where I'm like, okay, but then I'm like, wait, the love child is alive. And now Serena and Dan are, you know, have a sibling they share. So to me, that was like a big, whoa, that's so crazy. Isn't that wild? It really is. And incestuous. I mean, do they use the word incestuous on the show? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if they do, but it's come up quite a few times here. Um, Well, would you, if you were in their situation without finding out about the love child, you're Serena and there's Dan and Rufus and your mom are dating. Could you still date Dan? I mean, if they moved in together, that would be real weird. But it's just too much. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I but if you really liked someone, I probably would. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm yeah, like, it's well, easier to say weird. no, I wouldn't, and then it's like the love of your life, and you're like, listen. <laughs> well, it's not blood. It's not like actual blood, and it's right. not like they're I don't know. I would just push it as far as I could if I was really into the person because I would think it was super weird and awkward, but I would also be like, This is kind of fun and hilarious. <laughs> but I'm it's- a loser. <laughs> no, you're not. You're amazing and a bright, shining star and so beautiful and lovely. Um, it's just, no, it's like you have to, I have to ask these questions because there's just so many things going on in this show like that I'm like, I just need to know what you feel, how you think about it. It was pretty risque. I mean, for high school kids, I mean, now like they go so much further, but it was pretty risque at that time. I mean, at that time I and think- for what television was doing. Yeah, it was definitely, yeah. I mean- so, but yeah, I would definitely, I mean, I would definitely keep dating the dude that if my dad was, or my mom was dating their parent, I would just keep doing it because <laughs> it'd be like, I was here first. Right. <laughs> You're like, listen, it's my, my time. It would probably end though, depending on who got more serious. I mean, if the parents were really together, that would be pretty uncomfortable. <laughs> So funny. Um, Would you like to read the Gossip Girl closing quote? Okay. (laughs) So just read it. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. This is so fun. Mistakes. We all make them. They usually start with the best of intentions, like keeping a secret to protect someone or getting some distance from the person you've become. Sometimes we don't even know what mistakes we've made to get us where we are, or we figure it out just in time to make it right again. But every mistake happens for a reason. To teach you a lesson you would otherwise never learn. And hopefully, you never make that mistake again. Lucky for me, that never happens. XOXO, Gossip Girl. Oh, Gossip Girl. You did it. <laughs> you did great. Oh, that sounded awesome. That was so fun. Oh, my gosh. I loved having you on, and I can't wait to see what, what happens with Gabriel, you, and Serena. Do you... Okay, I also... You worked on Strange Angel... Oh, yes. Can we talk about that? How was that? And and Walker. Yeah, I just finished with Walker. Yep. I just did, awesome. I did the whole last season. I was the district attorney, which was so fun. And oh it was gosh. crazy because I was on Supernatural, which was Jared Padalecki's other show. Other show, yeah. And yeah, so we got to talk about that also because we worked together like in the second season, I think, of, of 17 seasons of Supernatural. Um, 
But Strange Angel was so awesome. It was a true story and it was Ridley Scott and it was about the guy who invented rocket fuel, uh, Jack Parsons. And he had this whole double life in Pasadena and he was a part of this Aleister Crowley and kind of sex magic cult, which is where L. Ron Hubbard got the idea for Scientology. So he ended up stealing like the method of interviewing people and filming them and blackmailing them and all that stuff that came from this cult that we were in first. And so if we got to carry on, it would have showed that story because L. Ron Hubbard had just joined the cult when we got canceled. And he was, he stole the dudes, he stole Jack Parsons' wife, all of his money and his boat and took off and started the Sea Org. <laughs> Are you being for real? Yeah, it's absolutely true. And so, and my, <laughs> oh my and, uh, it's insane. So my it's character, insane. my character was the high priestess of the sex magic cult. And I heard that they were going to make the show. And I called my manager and was just like, please, anything about this. Like, I don't care if it's a one day role. I really would love to be on this show. I love it. Um, And so he's like, if I see anything, of course, you know. And so I did this crazy magic-y thing out in the desert where you make this symbol up that has to do with, you know, what you want and you put it, you draw it on a big rock and then you do all this stuff and you meditate and whatever. And I just did the stuff that they were doing in the show to try to increase my chances. And then I got the high priestess role. Oh my God. Amazing. (laughs) It was so insane. And I got to do it for two seasons. It was wonderful. And Um, where did that shoot? In Pasadena here in LA in these like crazy mansions. And it's where the story actually took place and they started the JPL. And so he was like working half the time at NASA and then coming back and, and doing the sex magic stuff. And so it it was very interesting. Very. Oh my goodness. Amazing. It was was a great show and beautiful because, you know, a period piece when it's all in the 30s and everything, it's so good. Everything looks so beautiful. The costumes, the hair. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All the things. Um, Do you want to share anything coming up that we should be looking out for? Any charities or anything like that? Um, Well, the the charity that I support is called the Race to Erase MS. Uh, So we talked about that. And I actually did a horse ride to raise money for them and I didn't get to finish. So I tried to ride my horse from Savannah, Georgia to Los Angeles. And (laughs) that was amazing. Yeah. I was out there because I got diagnosed with MS. Wait, you did? Yeah. So I got diagnosed about seven years ago and, you know, and it's hard because they tell you not to tell anybody because everyone thinks that you're going to be a lot of trouble on set or you're not going to be able to show up or they think that you can't walk or whatever. And so there's not a lot of people that come out if they're not you know, really crippled or really going through stuff. And so I try to talk about it because I have it and I'm fine, you know, and it's, and I just, I've never missed a day of work. You know, I do my medicine, I have a mild case and it's okay. So I wanted to show that people with MS can also still be adventurers and still be active and still work. You know, it's not because, you know, you get scared that no one's going to hire you once you admit. And I don't know if I've actually lost jobs because of it, you know, but thankfully Walker went ahead, um, and they hired me even though they knew that I had it. And there was never an issue, you know? And so so it should be really fine. So anyway, the Race to Erase MS is, is a really great charity because they raise money for actual research. And so all the doctors Absolutely. share their research together. And so they, at at the time I did my horse ride, which it's been a couple of years, and I ended up having a relapse because the stress was so bad that I had to stop. But that was my last relapse and it was six years ago. So that was really good. So just don't ride a horse across the country. And then oh you'll be my fine. goodness. But that's also like so 
courageous and awesome of you that you're like, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. Yeah. I wanted to show that, yeah, you can, there are people with, you know, milder versions that you can still, you can still do stuff. So, um, the race for SMS anyway, has done the funding for, I think like 15 of the new drugs that are out there because for a long time, the medicines were really hard on you and had a lot of side effects and they weren't, they just were really difficult. They were interferons and stuff and it would just kind of mess you up. So they've been working on it. And now there's, there was for like 30 years, there was like four medicines and they sucked. And now there's like 20. So many. So yeah, yeah. And a lot of it had to do with the race to erase MS. So I think that's Yeah, really it's cool. a great charity. I've actually been to the gala because Jamie Lynn was being honored there. So we all went to support her. And that was such a great event because they are really wonderful. And everyone involved there is just like beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And the gala is really cool. I got to go one year and it's so fun. And it's such a, it's just really great because the money that they raise actually goes to real research with real doctors and they have dinners together and they share their research, which is why it was so slow because no one would share if they failed. No one would share anything unless it worked and it takes a long time. So people were repeating the same experiments and not telling anyone because it wasn't working. But if you know the thing doesn't work, you don't have to spend two years doing it. So she got them to communicate and then they made a lot of progress. Man, that's amazing. I'm like, I, yeah, I did not know that girl. And I wouldn't, I think it's really great to put notice on that and let people know because I don't think people should have to hide that. It's part of your journey and your path. Yeah. And, and a big part of MS is stress, you know? So if you can keep oh. your stress levels down, then you're, yeah. you know, you could be okay. And, and ha- feeling like you're lying or hiding something I think is, is stressful. Such a, yeah. It's an internal stress that I don't think you should have to deal with. And so my doctor was like, do not tell anyone that you work with. And I, I did immediately. I was very, <laughs> you're like, I was like, I have, <laughs> I, I cannot keep secrets. And then I was like, and I'm going to try to ride a horse across the country and tell even more people because <laughs> this is, you know, it's what's going on. And I have a big mouth, but I'm glad I did it. And I love that charity. So yeah, hopefully we'll keep doing more work. I love that you love that charity. And also like, let me know if I can help in any way or Great. spreading the word or yeah. I wish I could give you a big hug right now. <laughs> I know. I want to give you a hug too. This has been so fun. I'm so happy you reached out. Yeah. I think like you made such a splash and noise on the show that people are really excited to like hear your behind the scenes and just like your casting experience. And just, it's also really is, like you said, it is fun to kind of go back and just watch an episode or two. There's just so many things that have gone on. Jail, yeah. rehab. Um, <laughs> yeah, everything. It's everything. So um, well, thanks girl for coming on. And then I'm yes. also planning a trip with you to Barcelona. So, <laughs> I love perfect. it. Yeah, I'm down. I'm super down. <laughs> Tamara, this was this was such a joy, girl. I loved catching up and hearing all about your incredible, incredible adventures. And I'm going to hold you to our trip to Barcelona, girl. And listeners, I hope you loved our conversation. And of course, I'll see you next week for another great chat. But until then, make sure to leave a review and tell me on my Instagram what you want to hear. All right, XOXO. XOXO is produced by Propagate Content and me, Jessica Zor. Our show is executive produced by Ling Lee. Our producers are Diego Tapia, Kristen Vermilia, Emily Carr, and Hannah Harris. Original music by Moxie and Loon.
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. Breathing. Right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.